Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the talk show. Oh, this is <laughs> all about wine. The talk show dedicated to the wine industry <laughs> since 2009. <laughs> Winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people on trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. More friendly. From coast to coast. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine And now, all about wine is on. Is on. Here's Ron. Yes. Ron is here. All right. You think we haven't heard that opening enough times? No. What opening? Oh, we should play it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, my my voice over the years, that, that was done a long time ago, but it's raised since then. Back then it was really deep and, you know, dark and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, yours has stayed the same. But, uh, oh, but yeah. my yours voice, has. Not yours has a little pitch higher, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we haven't had any 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 throat operations or any illnesses nope. or anything. No, no, I'm a stranger. I was just uh, listening to that and I go, wow, my voice was, was low and deep back then whenever I made that. But uh, yeah, Maybe, like, maybe okay. you don't remember, but you might've used some sort of a, uh, a Darth Vader <laughs> mask or something. Welcome it could have been to yeah. all about wine. <laughs> yeah. And then that way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I have know. that somewhere. Hold on. Did I know you, I have that sound effect in here. Uh, I don't know if yeah. I can play it, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you can find it, you have to let us know here. Something else to, something else to post on social media. Got shut down by yeah. Darth Vader. And he, threatened, he threatened to sue, did he? he quit Look using my yeah. voice without my permission. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Yep. And if there's anyone you're going to be yes, sir, too, it's going to be Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, really. That's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Welcome to All About Wine. It is 7.02 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Thursday, April the 8th, 2021. If you want to talk to us. You can, but not directly. You can text us. We'll be happy to answer your questions. Uh, or you can email me at any time or Facebook us at any time, and we will get to you. But sad to say we had to take away the direct talk on these shows. But if you listen to us on archives, you can always get a hold of us some other way, too. And, by the way, thanks for listening to us on archives or any other media. Actually, we're out there and other things. I had somebody call and ask the other day. I, I got an email in saying, I was listening to your show on, uh, where was it, in Arkansas somewhere, on some FM station. And it yeah. just went blank. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it went blank. Yeah. Really? And I, I said, are you sure it was us? I didn't know about it. And he said, yeah, it was you. He said, uh, then he, wow. when he wrote back, he said, yeah, it was you. He said, but they changed, uh, uh, what, what I'm, I don't want to say signal. It, it, it was 95.5 or something. He said they changed it to 94.9 or something. And so that's, but uh, I went, oh, wow. So, we are out there in other venues that we are unaware of, which, you know, is okay. Wow. It's, not, it's not like we are getting royalties every time the show is played or anything. I mean, it's great to hear that yep. people are out there listening to us. So, mm -hmm. And if you want to share us with other people, you're more than welcome to, too. I mean, you know, it's okay with us. 
you know, it's nice to know that we are listened to and that we are appreciated. Actually, at one time we were with AF, uh, RN, AFRN. Yeah, AFRN. Boy, for some reason, I had to think about that, and I know that Armed Forces Radio Network. They, for I guess it was about a year, they featured us on their broadcast, and then AFRN went. I guess bankrupt or something, so they just closed down again, which is sad because AFRN was the radio station that I listened to when I was in Vietnam. That was Super Bowls and uh, what else? Uh, World Series and basketball playoffs, any of that stuff. They used to broadcast all that stuff, and that's how we listened to it when we were overseas. But I'm, I guess computers taking over so much now, though, so that's one of the reasons why. It might be hurting, but AFRN was the station. In fact, Good Morning Vietnam, uh, the show that Robin Williams was the uh, star in, that was AFRN. That was about that radio station. So, well, some useless tidbit of information for all of you out there. We are all about wine, though, so let's (laughs) let's get into uh, some stuff about wine. I found something interesting. Uh, California Wine Growers Association, last year, a production report, last year, uh, the report showed that there is too many grapes being planted in California. Too many wine grapes. Raising grapes, I guess, is, well, yeah, it has to be in different category not just grapes, but raisin grapes, but too many wine grapes is high in California for 2019. And they recommended to pull out some vines because if they didn't pull out some vines, prices would tend to drop. Then they started a big campaign, pull out vines, remove vines, get them down. And some of the areas that they tried to prioritize was forest vines in all regions, mostly Cabernet Sauvignon forest vines, generic reds, or generic, generic reds in the Central Valley, just a whole bunch of red wines, grapes, labor-dependent vineyards they wanted to cut back on, unfavorable Pinot Noir clones. And that was mostly those in older vineyards, but Pinot Noir is unfavorable in some locations, and people are trying to grow them and using the grapes for fillers and stuff. And yield challenge grapes in all regions, particularly low-yielding Chardonnay grapes. And these were the ones they tried to get them to work on. These are the ones they wanted them to work on for the new year. This was a 2020. 2020 report for 2019 grapes. Well, the 2021 report for 2020 grapes is out. And guess what? They're saying that there are still too many grapes planted. They want them to cut back on the grapes being planted. So the prices are dropping considerably for wine grapes and it is causing the cost of wines to drop down and back up. Now, instead of paraphrasing this article, I think I'm going to go through and read most of it. It's, it's short. It's not like I'm going to spend the next half hour reading to you. But it's interesting on some of the things they had to say here. So the wine grape growers, like most fruit growers, are fiercely independent. Just ask Jeff Bitter. For the past several years, the president of the Allied Grape Growers has tried to get the message across that they are planting an oversupply of wine grapes. That drives prices down. So Jeff Bitter basically is is the president of the Florida, uh, Allied Grape Growers, uh, California Grape Growers. And he has trying to get the message across like he did last year and again this year, pull out some vines. Most of the growers are hearing him and understanding, but there are 5,900 wine grape growers in California, 
and they did not hear him. Uh, states, uh, most of them are ignoring him. And if they did hear him, they haven't acted on his advice. 5,900 wine grape growers in California. Allied Grape Growers recently issued its annual grapevine nursery survey in which all the major nurseries representing about 95% of the state's plantings participated. He says they produce the survey and make it available at no charge to enable growers to make better decisions, but the growers aren't listening. He says, we've been surprised for the last three years to see vineyards being still being planted and developed at or above the rate of attrition. Okay, the rate at which vineyards naturally age into a non-productive state are removed. That's attrition. Considering the known oversupply and the related challenges experienced in the wine grape market since 2018, one might assume a significant slowdown in planting would occur. It hasn't. The trend is down, but it just isn't down significantly overall, he said. This is an interesting line here. It says California growers produce about 80% of all U.S. wines. And I've said before, what they do is California grows and wineries around the country get shipments in of California wines and California, well, grapes, basically wines already ferment and all that and use it for blending purposes and different things. I We've talked to a lot of wineries over the past years and discovered that they do get California grapes in to blend with theirs, and some of them use it as just a varietal type anyway. If they want to get a Cabernet Sauvignon and they can't grow it themselves, they will order some from California. So 80% of all U.S. wines, making the state the world's fourth leading wine producer, with 242 million cases in 2019. Fourth leading producer in the world. Okay. But that's too much. And as was evidenced by the fact that a lot of grapes were left on the vines unpicked at the end of the 2019 season. Now, the thing is with that, too, and I think it mentions it here in this article a little bit later. But the 2019 season had unpicked vines, but the 2019 season also had some very big fires that affected some vineyards. So, you know, it's a lot of them were destroyed and they, that weren't being picked. It says the experts believe the industry will be in balance when the state's wine grape acreage stands at about 550,000 bearing acres. That seems like a lot, but you know, it, well, it is a lot. The state's growers farmed 5, uh, 593,000 acres at the peak of 2018. He says they need to get in the sweet spot of between 540,000 and 560,000. Hence, 550, they're saying, or 500,000. They got about halfway to that upper level last year with a net loss of 15,000 acres and are going into this year, they stand at 578,000 acres. But it is still above what they think they should be doing. The nursery survey shows there are still 56,000 non-bearing acres that will start producing over the next three years. So, yeah, I mean... You, you got to realize that once a grapevine is planted, it's not. It takes about three years to get the significant crops so they start using it. So if there are 56,000 acres out there that they just freshly planted, and a lot of the areas, because of the fires, has been affected and are newly planted, some vineyards were completely wiped out newly planted. So there's plenty of acres in the pipeline, and that's why we need to see vineyards pulled out to balance out the new acres coming in. Coastal growers have largely been culprits, planting far more acres than they've been Last year was an exception as they planted 6,500 but pulled 20,000 acres. 
but that is the exception. The fact that the state's horrendous wildfires affected coastal growers far more than those in the interior certainly had an effect. And that's what I was saying. That's, that's really one of the areas that's being replanted a lot right now. Growers in the interior, which is the state, state's central valley, produce the bulk of the state's crop. And when you order wine from California, a lot of the times you get it from the Central Valley. Napa is too expensive. Other areas are small producers and they use all their grapes. Central Valley is very, very prolific. If you've ever been to California, drive through the Central Valley, you'll see lots and lots and lots and lots of grapevines. A lot of them are granted raising grapes, but there are a lot of others there going up around Monterey and stuff like that, Salinas Valley and all that, there's a lot of grapevines around there that they grow still classified, I believe, in that area, Central Valley, too. And they have, the Central Valley has faced more headwinds from each year because the generally lower-priced grapes aren't in much demand as those in the coast destined for the more premium wines. But they have apparently listened, as over the last few years, they have been planting at the artrician rate, which he pays at 3%. That is, of course, assuming the grapevine life is 33 years, and that's what they figure on a grapevine, 33 years. So once you plant a grapevine, it's going to do good for you for quite a long time. There is differences in seasons, but there is little change in, uh, in uh, regions, not seasons, regions, difference in regions. But there was a little change in varieties. Bitter said they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And the consumer isn't changing. They've been buying Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, so that's what's being planted. And because of that, as far as the numbers, the survey shows that of the 15.2 million wine grapes sold for California planting in 2020, Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay tied for the top variety, each with 23.5% of the total. Are you Almost half, think about that, almost half of all new grapes planted is in Chardonnay and Cabernet. You know, that's amazing, uh, 47%. And then Pinot Noir came in third with 16.2%. So you've got almost 65%, 64% of all grapevines in those three. And Sauvignon Blanc was next at 5.4%. And no other variety exceeded 5%. So obviously it shows the taste of people in their wine variety. It says, looking forward the industry needs to focus on increasing shipments, especially exports. It says the U.S. wine export revenue was $1.36 billion in 2019, with 95% of that coming from California. Wow. It says like to reduce by 15,000 acres what is planted in California which will give the crops a chance to breathe, to give a, the domestic wine consumption uh, is flat right now. And if you reduce the crops, that could also increase the price, which would help the growers and the wine business. But they say that they really need to start selling overseas to different countries. And China is the biggest opportunity. But with the restrictions and China not being on the good boy list right now, it is affecting the chance for selling wine to China. China's got 1.4 billion people. If you can break into that market, then that is fantastic. But with uh, tariffs and rocky relations, it's not happening. Australia has that market and Australia is doing great right now with the Chinese market so what's happening is that too many grapes are planted in California and that affects the whole country whether you believe it or not I, if there's a lot of grapes planted in California 
It affects the possibility of selling grapes to other parts of the country. It affects, you know, the price. It affects what other places that have a lot of grapes can do to, for their prices and sell and all that. So, but the big three continue to dominate California wine grape planting. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon in 2018 sold 30.6% of all grape vines planted, 30.6%. 2019 it dropped to 27.1, 2020 is 23.5. In Pinot Noir, 25.6 grape percent of grape vines planted were in Pinot Noir in 2018, 2019, 14.8, and then 2020, 16.2, and Chardonnay, like I just said, in 2020, 23.5. That's up from 22.4 last year. So those things are still going. To give an idea, three I just read you, you've got Sauvignon Blanc, 5.4%, but then others, French Colombard, 2.5%, Syrah, Barbera, Grenache, Carignan, Zimidol, all at about 4%. Petit Syrah, 2.3%. Bordeaux blends, uh, Petit Bordeaux, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Malbec, all right around 2.3%. It just... Not a lot of acreage is planted in all those other grapes, but there you go. That's your report for grapes in California for 2019 with our 2020. And they want to cut back on those, and they want to do something different coming forward. And so, if you start seeing prices creep up, that's probably would be the reason why. I was telling Mike before the show here that I have been saving actually putting in my favorites some articles on wine over the last six months. I will read an article, and instead of saving the whole site that was on, that article is on, which has like 10, 15 articles and videos and different things. I don't want to save the whole file. So I just save the one article that I find interesting. I have a lot. These are ones that I have thrown into my favorites file thinking I'm going to share this with everybody one day. And now I can. Some of them anyway. There's no one I'm going to share all of them because there are some very good articles here. One I have used in the past and I talked about in the past and I showed you in the past is our uh, we've had uh, and fire around the country and because of the smoke and fire it affects grapes and so I have a site here called WX shift which shows where the wildfires are in the country and where the smoke is affecting the country and stuff like that and <laughs> The wildfire map is not loading right now. Why are you not loading right now? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. What's it say? Might be temporarily down or has been moved to a new address. How can it be moved to a new address? You didn't tell me. It's right on here. Well, so I didn't look at this. I just now popped it up so I can tell you about it. And the site's not there. Well, I'll have to look at that more later. But this is the site that it's going to tell you. And it's going to tell you what fires might be going on right now. But I guess I'm not going to be able to do that now because they were playing with it. Uh, Well, okay. I also, and I'm not going to read you some of these articles because they are actually way too long. But they're very interesting. I have an article here on uh, uh, where is it uh, let's see wildfires here's my wildfire one the complete guide to phylloxera which is very interesting it talks about phylloxera and tells where it came from tells all about it and everything and how it affects the grapes and everything 
I might dedicate a show to that again. We have talked about flocks in the past, but it's always something that would not hurt to address again because I just heard something not too long ago, or read something not too long ago, that flocks are starting to rear its ugly head again in different places. They're finding more of it popping up. So if that's the case, if I see something else about flocks are coming back into the mainstream, we'll go over this flock and tell you about it again and where it's coming up. Another good article here, again, very long, the complete guide to cork taint. And that is quite interesting. We've talked about cork taint before, but this is really quite quite an interesting article. The science of color in wine. That's another long article, but it's very good, which we will address at some time. Understanding perceived minerality in wine. That's a very good article. People always talk about when they sip a wine, and I say people, the sommiers and the experts and the, the snobs, if you will, always talk about how well, this wine has some minerality to it. And some people say there is no such thing as mineral in wine. And other people say, oh, yes, it's there. This article addresses that. And to give you an idea, just the title itself, Understanding Perceived Minerality in Wine, tells you a little bit about it. Moderate Wine Consumption and Type 2 Diabetes. I am diabetic. That article was very good. Uh, in fact, I don't know how long that is long. Why the Spotted Lanternfly is increasing is an increasing wine threat to grapevines. This was one of the first articles I read you and addressed about the Spotted Lanternfly as it appeared in Pennsylvania. Since then, it has expanded exponentially across the country. It is unbelievable how fast this bug has overtaken some areas. In fact, I want to say three months ago, six months ago, I don't know. It's more than three months ago, six, eight months ago, maybe even a year now, Smithsonian Magazine had their front page article, their main article, on the spotted lanternfly and how it is attacking the country and what it's doing to the country. So, it tiny thing there is, is we hear more threats and all that. We'll go back and we'll start addressing that again and start checking and seeing what's going on with that. This next one, the ttb.gov AVA Map Explorer, American Viticulture Area Map Explorer. There you go, AVA Map Explorer. This is interesting. If you want to check it out, go to ttb.gov, go to Wine, and go to the AVA Map Explorer. It shows the... AVAs around the country. Interesting. California is flooded with it, but interesting. Also tells you what's pending right now. There are some proposed AVAs, actually quite a few of them coming up here. Uh, let's see. Uh the Arosaco Boundary Modification, the Clarksburg Expansion, Goose Gap, Lord Long Tom, Mount Pisgah, Polk County, Oregon, Palos Verdes Peninsula, San Luis Obispo Coast, Santa Lucia Highlands Boundary Modification, the Burn of Columbia Valley, uh, Ula Palakua, Verde Valley, Virginia Peninsula, West Sonoma Coast, and White Bluffs. I mean, just a lot of them are pending, even more of them. And recently established has been the Royal Slope and the uh, Tehachapi Mountains. So uh, we're always talking about AVAs and who has them and what is uh, what is happening with them and all that. You can follow them on this. This is a very good 
guide for AVA. Just go to ttb.gov slash wine slash AVA dash map dash explorer and that'll get you to this site and you can just sit and play with it for a while. Okay, let me go into more stuff here. I just might be uh, uh, holidays and here's another one. It's a long article. Understanding microbial terror wine. And this is what terror is really about is microbial uh, the small stuff, a very good article I read it. Uh, the texture in wine, uh, perceived taste of the mouth and the texture. And here's this one I will tell you about. This is 12 Celebrity Wines. This is from the Wine Enthusiast. Uh, Ford Coppola, who has uh, built an empire in the wine industry, uh, took control of Inglenook Estates in 1975. And the Inglenook Rubicon Cabernet Sauvignon uh, from 2016. Uh, one of the better ones that he's ever done it was scored 90 points. It also cost $210. Uh, Jurassic Park. He was the doctor in Alan Grant Jurassic Park. He has a vineyard also. Uh, Island. And uh, the brand is Two Paddocks. And the uh, Two Paddocks 2017 Pinot Noir Reserve uh, was given 94 points. And it was very good. Now, you know, it's not much to do with it. It's seven foot six inch tall. He's Chinese American, and he is the founder and proprietor of St. Helena Bay Yo Family Wines Y A O, and it produces red, white, and sparkling wines under the winery Yo Ming and Napa Crest lines. Napa Crest Sauvignon Blanc, ninety-one points, thirty-five dollars. Uh, quite impressive with some amounts of Simeon. Next, pro, Charles Woodson, time pro bowler out of uh, playing football. He's been a lover and he's dabbled in the industry since 2005. And he now has a winery in Paso Ropos. Um, the brand is called Intercept. And it is out of Monterey County, $20, uh, 92 points. And so he is still, he's working basically Pinot Noir has been his grape of choice. Fergie, she is the uh, singer for. Oh my gosh! Help me. Who's Fergie sing for? Fergie. Oh, you... uh, Black Eyed. Oh. Black Eyed Peas. Hang on. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas. There you go. Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. I couldn't think Black of it. Eyes. I just. Oh. I... Well, I yeah. am in them, and I, I've well, okay. Who does he sing for? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting there going. Yeah. Solo career. She's done solo also, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's uh, solo for quite some time now. Uh, yeah. Oh, somebody's oh, calling. There's there's taking number two right now. You're calling number five. Go ahead. <laughs> You're calling number five. Uh, either car insurance or you know car. Or uh, you know, I've done that. I've done that before. I've answered the phone when I know it's a scammer. And yeah. I've answered it, and I say, "Hey, you're on the air. Go ahead." And they're like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Click. What? Well, 
sad or, thing is or, uh, so many of them are number five. Who is this? <laughs> yeah, you're calling number five. You're the winner. Uh, uh, some of them can be the recordings, though, and that's no fun anymore. I mean, you can do that no. when they're live, but the yeah. recordings are are just sad. They're taking over. <laughs> yes, they are. You know, yeah. the recordings are taking yeah. over. Then, you know. But Fergie yeah. has a vineyard. Uh, she purchased a Santa Barbara County winery with her father. They named it Ferguson Crest, and uh, the winemaker works with uh, the, the brand and all that. They've come out with some red Rhone wines uh, and white Rhone wines. Voignet, Santa Barbara County, $28.92 points, uh, well-received by the critics. And married to Goldie Hawn. He uh, fell in love with Pinot Noir's uh, Santa Rita Hills. And so uh, while filming uh, the movie Death Proof in 2006, he asked a fellow actor turned winemaker, Fess Parker. Uh, And he began to produce wines of his own called Ampello's Cellar. And he created a boutique winery that is just Kurt Russell's alone called Gogi, G-O-G-I. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that might be a nickname he has for Goldie Hawn. I think I might have heard that somewhere at one time. So that could be his nickname. But it produces Pinot Noirs made in the old world style. It is 2016 Pinot Noir is uh, 92 points, uh, $75. Uh, Light, transparent aromas of cherries, herbs, and pine forest floor. So, uh, and then the flavors, tart red plum, raspberry, and orange rind. And those things are so subtle. It would be cool if you can really taste those. But Kurt Russell and his boutique winery, Gogi. Hip hop. Uh, is hip hop the same as rap? I guess it is. Um, he uh, catapulted the Armandy Bricknack brand uh, into the spotlight when he did the music video Show Me What You Got. And he founded, uh, uh, let's see, oh, Sean Carter is his real name, not Jay-Z. And so he owns part of the Catier, Catier, C-A-T-T-I-R, Catier family, uh, Champagne House, he bought into it. And so a Armand de Brignac non-vintage gold brute champagne, 91 points, uh, selling for $300 a bottle. Ooh, I guess I won't be tasting that anymore. Drew quarterback, Tom Brady, became the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback of the New England Patriots. And he was a good quarterback, too. Four-time pro bowler, spent nine seasons with the Patriots. Then uh, when he retired, he returned to Oregon's Walla Walla Valley, where he founded the winery called Doubleback Winery and Bledsoe Family Winery. And now he's producing a Cabernet Sauvignon. 2016 was given 91 points, $98. Uh, comes off quite ripe, but has a pleasing yum factor and a fine sense of acidity. Best after 2016. So that thing is still nowhere near ready to be drank. I like factor. Well, McLachlan, the uh, you've seen, I see his picture. He's Dune and Black Velvet and the television series Twin Peaks. 
And so if you saw his picture, you'd probably recognize him. He's a Worston native, and he launched his own Walla Walla winery uh, called Pursued by Bear. B-E-A-R, Pursued by Bear. It is uh, named for a Shakespearean stage direction. Hmm. Is Pursued by Bear 2016 Cabernet Sauvignon from Columbia Valley, 91 Uh They said it's uh, cherry, graphite, black licorice, dried flowers, well-balanced palate, dark fruit, and coffee flavors. So, interesting. There. Gent. There's a sports casting, actually. While he's considered one of the premier voices of the National Football League. And if you've ever watched football game, most of the time you will see Jim Nance pop up there. In, in 2009, after a chance meeting in a Connecticut restaurant with Peter Dutch of Dutch Family Wine and Spirits, they combined their passion for wine and launched a joint label calling The Calling uh, out of Sonoma, California. 2016 Sherby Vineyard Chardonnay is scored 91 points, selling for $51. And classic Chardonnay flavors and modest oak full of richness. So, that country singer, Grammy winning country singer, actually produced and a producer and band leader. Uh, Zach Brown is passionate about his Z. Alexander Brown label. It's uh, from blending to label design and packaging. He is invested in all aspects of production. So he does a little bit of everything. The Alexander Brown 2017 Uncaged Proprietary Red, $18 is all, 90 points. Wow, that's a good Good price there. Tons of charcoal and smoked meat are backed up by ripe, rich blackberry and a dark-colored, moderately tannic and thick-textured wine. Black cherry and clove nuances develop on the palate and linger on the finish. Huh. That might be one to search for. Alexander Brown label. Animal Vespa. Uh, household name in Italy. He is a TV journalist and has been the face of news shows Porta of Porta since 1996. He's also a avid wine lover. In 2014, he opened a winery in Maduria with his sons Alessandro and Federico that focuses on the indigenous grapes of Puglia. The Vespa 2017 Il Rosa de Vespa is $35.90 points. Aromas of mixed berries and figs, accents of pepper and tar on the nose with a jammy berries and orange rind and nice tannins. So there red that sounds like it might be very good. So, something to keep in mind for futures when you are searching through wines, not just Coppola all the time, but some others there. Okay, that's a I don't know. Did I cover this? There's 23 wine movies you don't want to miss. I don't know if I think so. Well, let's go through it again quickly here anyway. This is from Wine Folly. Again, I don't, these aren't dated. But 23 wine movies. Uh, Again, this is from Wine Folly. I haven't seen every one of these, so uh, 
I am just taking her word for it. Uh, oh, come on, what are you doing? This locked up on there we go. Okay. Uh, heart and soul. First one, centering on people of a region or a moment in time, these wine movies are about fingerprints that go on every wine. So this is her start on this. A Year in Burgundy came out in 2013. Spent a full year in Burgundy, France's most legendary wine region. Follow all the trials and tribulations that come with working in the soil and the land that has became almost more myth than reality. That might be interesting. Uh, year in Burgundy. Uh, oh, these tell you where you can watch these too. I just noticed that. Amazon Prime, Voodoo, and Psalm TV. Psalm TV? I didn't know there was a Psalm TV. I'm going to have to check that out. A Year in Champagne. This came out in 2014. This is the follow up to the Year in Burgundy. It covers winemakers in the Champagne region. Again, Amazon TV, uh, Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Psalm TV. Barolo Boys. This is came out in 2014, but it's not all about France. Next, you have a documentary about the, the Italy's Barolo region and its fanatical Nebbiolo, Nebbiolo loving winemakers. Again, Amazon Prime and iTunes. Bottle Shock. Okay, so maybe this movie did wine a Finjano Steve Spurrier really dirty, portraying him as an unbelievable snob. And maybe Chris Pine's wig is absolutely absurd, but it's still a fun dramatization of the judgment of Paris with some genuinely clever, if largely fictional, moments. This this is a good movie. The, the bottle shock is the judgment of Paris where... California actually took number one in the Cabernet and the Chardonnay categories, which just shocked the world. Uh, that is available on Amazon Prime and Psalm TV. Psalm 3. This, if Model Shock covers the fictional version of the Judgment of Paris, Psalm 3 covers the event's fact, along with some of the people who were there. It's also a brilliant look into the mysterious practice of blind tasting. She writes, useful, a useful skill or a parlor trick. Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Psalm TV. I have seen that. That is an excellent movie, by the way. Uncorked. Classic Disney-style story of a child looking to stray from the family and become his own man and a sommelier. Uncorked is warm, funny, and a great introduction to the passion of budding wine fanatics, whatever the background. That came out in 2020, and it's available on Netflix. The Secrets of Santa Viteria, 1969. This is the downtrodden winemakers of Italy, Santa Viteria, have to find a way to protect their precious wines from the dirty myths of the Nazis. What's not to like about that? It's available on Amazon Prime. I want to say that's in black and white, too. I think that movie might be. Uh, I haven't seen that whole movie. I have seen bits and pieces of it. I don't know why I have only seen bits and pieces. Sideways. This is the one I think everybody has seen at one time or another. For some reason, that became really a well-watched movie. Says this film literally affected the sales of Merlot for the worse. Sideways is a sad, funny film that may have many people's first wine movie. It, it is first wine. You have to realize something about Sideways, though, too. Sideways is really not about wine. The movie is not about wine. The movie is about a guy doing his last fling before he gets married. He and his buddy are out doing his last thing before he gets married. It's like a two-man bachelor trip. Basically, it's a chick flick, if you will. But it, it, wine plays a major, major role in it because they're down in, oh, jeez. And I can't think of it again, another blank here. Uh, ah. 
Temecula. There you go. Down in Temecula, in that area there, and that's where they visit the wineries. Available on Hulu and Amazon Prime. Psalm. This is the first one from 2013. This is passion, pain, and pure insanity of what it means to become a master sommelier. Some of the world's wine world's greats when they were just up and comers appear in this. This is also a good movie. I, I've seen this a number of years ago, and it's very good. Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Psalm TV. I have it. You will be my son. Came out in 2011. This is set in the prestigious vineyard in Saint Emilion. This is one of those beautiful, emotional foreign films that everyone assumes wine snobs love. And they're probably right. Uh, Amazon Wine and Voodoo, V-U-D-U, Voodoo TV. Then we've got Blood into Wine. This is 2010. Whether he's giving interviews on the toilet or being mocked by comedians, Tim and Eric, Maynard, uh, being mocked by comedians, Tim and Eric. Maynard Keenan represents the tribe of wine fanatics that takes their craft seriously while also knowing how to have a good time. Blood into Wine. Amazon Prime, Voodoo, and Psalm TV. Sour Grapes. Want to watch some of wine's most prolific collectors eat a slice of humble pie? This one might be one you're looking for. Look at the darker side of wine buying and collecting. It's a documentary that covers one of the wine world's most prolific fraudsters. Netflix and Amazon Prime. The Vineyard, 1989. Too much seriousness gives me a headache. Let's go full weird. The Vineyard is a B-movie horror flick about a venture who uses the blood of his victims to make wine. <laughs> you can't tell me you're a little interested on this now, can you? Amazon Prime. You can check that out. Wine Calling, 2018. This follows the lives and methods of winemakers going the natural route, creating their own vino in a biodynamic style. You learn quickly that if you want to do things the natural way, you better love what you're doing. A lot of work, a lot of work. Amazon Prime, you can catch that. And a few documentaries. Decanted, 2016. This is a gorgeous look at the full extent of California's Napa Valley. It's everything from picturesque aerial shots to getting down and dirty in the vineyards. That, it's, I've seen this, too. It's, it's a great, great introduction and view of Napa Valley. It makes you want to go there. If you have never visited, it makes you want to go there. Amazon Prime and iTunes. Mondovino, out in 2004. Still able to arch some eyebrows after all these years, Montedovino keeps a close eye on critics, consultants, and the big guys versus the little guys. It culminates in an in-depth look at wine's fate as the world gets smaller and smaller. Amazon Prime. Red Obsession came out in 2013. The thirst for wine has only grown in recent years, and Red Obsession sets itself apart for being one of the first documentaries to target that clamoring in China specifically. What happens when demand starts heavily outweighing supply? Red Obsession. Amazon Prime. Psalm, Into the Bottle, 2015, the second Psalm film. This is, I told you, the first and third there. This is the middle one. Takes a step back and covers the history of wine in 10 stories told by some of our favorite people in the wine business. Also, Madeline Puckett, who is the main wine person on, on Wine Folly, is in that also. Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Psalm TV. A Good Year, 2006. Whatever your stance on romantic comedies, this is absolutely gorgeous. A Good Year is perfect for lovers of Provence and Russell Crowe alike. 
sounds a little bit more like not so much wine, but as a chick flick. Hulu and Amazon Prime. In the clouds from 1995, the sappy wine romance to end all sappy wine romances. This is before Canu realized that his true calling was single-handedly killing armies of assassins. But it's still worth watching for all the emotional craziness that gets thrown around. Kenny Reeves is star of this show. Male star. Amazon Prime, you can watch that. A Heavenly Vintage, 2009. Taking things in a decidedly more fantastic, not to mention steamy route, this film follows the relationship between a peasant winemaker and an angel. Not based on some teenager's fan fiction, but it does get a little weird on Prime and iTunes. It is available. Wine Country, 2019. Amy Poehler's directing debut, Bridesmaids It Ain't, but it's still one of the best female-led casts ever assembled. And they managed to get surprisingly funny jabs in at wine tourists and natural winemakers. That is available on Netflix. Year of the Comet, 1992. What list of cheese would be complete without a cheese capper? This wine movie follows a huge cast of misfits as they all vie for the control of the world's supposedly most valuable bottle of wine. Amazon Prime, and iTunes. And there you go. Those are 25, 23 wine movies you don't want to miss. Uh, I've seen some of those. Those those are good. But if you want want some nice wine movies, there you go. If you're interested, you know, you can play back this video if you miss one, you want to write it down or something. Or if you want me to try to put those up somewhere, I'll try to do that. Just let me know. Okay, whoops. Uh, and, oh, geez, it's almost 8 o'clock. I didn't cover some of the stuff. Well, I don't think we have a guest next week, do we? No, we so I'll be able to cover some more of this stuff. Uh, charting the effects of the judgment in Paris uh, and Napa, how it affected Napa. Another wine movie which we didn't mention is Wine and War. Uh, the that was probably too new to make that list, but that was that's an excellent movie that is on the uh, on the internet. In fact, I'll let Mike go through our list of guests and some of the things they have to offer here in just a moment. And Wine and War is one of those. Uh, so uh, there's three new can sizes for wine and cans approved by TTB. Uh, the making of a 100-point wine, how to write useful wine tasting notes. There's lots of little things here that I'll pass on to you, but we don't have a guest next week. And so, therefore, those will be some of the subjects we will cover next week. Mike, I just m- mentioned it. I will... Let, All right, let you clear your throat and go through the list. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my All God. All right. Let me, <laughs> let me take a deep breath and see what I can do here. <laughs> get this All right. Um, let me get my keyboard ready. I think I play music in this. There we go. Turn yeah, the keyboard on. And... Okay. Back in October, co-directors Mark Johnson and Mark Ryan and writer Michael Karam were on the show October 8, 2020. The movie Wine and War, the untold story of wine in the Middle East, is about survival, resilience, and struggles. Wine has been in Lebanon culture for 7,000 years. They are raising money for CAPHO, a great uh, organization, and uh, you can go to wineandwar.com. Wineandwar.com. Click the Watch Now button, and that will take you to uh, where you need to go to, to watch it. 
On October the 15th, Jim Lochran was on the show. He's a certified wine educator and author. You can visit jimlochran.com. That's Jim, L-A-U-G-H-R-E-N.com. And uh, he has uh, two, book, two quick books right now out uh, called The 15-Minute Guide to Red Wine, which is uh, only 28 pages uh, of good reading, and 15-Minute Guide to White Wine which is another uh, quick read and a handy reference to have as well. Check that out on uh, Amazon. On October 29th, we welcomed Joy Neighbors to our Halloween special. Uh, she is the author of the Family Tree Cemetery Field Guide, How to Find, Record, and Preserve Your Ancestors' Graves, including topics to plan your trip to the cemetery, research, make sense of your research, and digging deeper into other records or preserving uh, cemeteries. It's available at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, and other outlets. On November 19th, we welcome Michael Brown, author of Pinot Rocks, and he's also a winemaker. The book is available on Amazon.com. Pinot Rocks is available in any format, and the audio format is great because William Shatner did the audiobook version of his book. That's right, Captain Kirk. On January 14th, we had a great conversation with Cap Kaplowitz, a podcaster and blogger of cigars, spirits, coffee, and wine. And All About Wine's own show host, Ron, is also the wine panelist on the show. For more information, visit kaplowitz.xyz. That's K-A-P-L-O-W-I-T-Z dot X-Y-Z. On February 11th, 2021, we had founder and producer of Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Jeff Bradford, on the show, the filmmaker dedicated to revealing the stories behind the labels of our favorite drinks. On February 25th, we welcome Natalie McLean, podcast host of the popular Unreserved Wine Talk. She's also an author of Red, White, and Drink All Over and Unquenchable, a tipsy quest for the world's best bargain wines, plus several quick reads available on her website. She is also the wine expert on CTV's The Social, which is Canada's largest daytime television show, CTV News, and Global Television's Morning Show. You can pick up her ultimate food and wine pairing guide for free by visiting her website at nataliemclean.com forward slash all about wine. That's natalie, M-A-C-L-E-A-N.com forward slash all about wine. Very good. Johnny on the, uh, Johnny on the uh, upright bass there and uh, yeah. a little Frankie. Frankie on the piano. <laughs> Frankie. 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 Good boys Frankie. there. Good, yeah, good boys yeah. there, Frankie and Chad. Yeah, right. Thank you very much. Right. Oh, good job. Good job. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Mike on the voice there, nice job on telling us all that. Mike, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, all at one. one time, oh. one breath. Oh, one big breath, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Get a hold of any of them. Those are all people who have been guests on the shows and all yeah. that. Those are all movies and books and guides and stuff that uh, you can do mm-hmm. so you can – Check any mm-hmm. of that stuff out, and then you can always go back into our archives to find any of those shows, any of those people, and there's stuff there too. So, yeah, don't don't yeah. miss them and support them and all that. Yeah. So we are done for another week. Still have to uh, edit that, and and the book is Red, White, and Drunk all over, not drink all over. Although that yeah. you know, that'd be a good title. Might as well drink all yeah. over too. But, drink uh, all over too. Yeah, drink works. Yeah. So, but, when it's yeah. Done, I'll, I'll re-edit that and do it again. But uh, yeah. <laughs> thank there you. Go. All right. Well, we got somebody yeah. online. Who popped in? Mm-hmm. Let me check something real quick. See if there's. Right. Uh, uh, nope. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. Nope, nobody we've had before, so thank you for uh, listening, but we are closing the show right now. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can uh, always email us at allaboutwine101 at gmail.com. That's the best way to get in touch with the show if you're not in the chat room. Uh, That's allaboutwine101 at gmail.com. Those emails go to Ron, and he'd love to hear from you. from your <laughs> instead, of, instead yeah. of calling in, that that's your that is to to email. Um, we've had yeah, issues, know. unfortunately, you know. in the past. Yeah, yeah we've, we've had, had issues, issues unfortunately, in the past. And, and not uh, anything that, that you did, call. but as always, bad it's people ruin it for good people. Yeah, 
Yes. So, thank you all for uh, tuning in, and I am out of here. We talked about this earlier, so thank you. <laughs> have a great, have a great, have a good, week. Have a good week. Hope you all had a good Easter. And what do we got coming up? We don't have yeah. anything coming up here for everybody to have a good, do we? Uh, tax day? No, they moved tax day. Tax day was going to be the fifteenth, but they moved tax day. Oh, uh, so it's not good. next week. It's going to be a month. You know, it's May fifteenth. Okay. So okay. So um, um, typical. Otherwise, I will have mine ready. May fourteenth, I'll have mine ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> As does most of the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Last oh. minute. <laughs> our our uh, call in is gone. Is yeah. gone. Uh, so all right, maybe he's emailing me now. So hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, enjoying the show. Come back and see us again next week. We will both be here and be safe out there and get your shots. If you want, wear a face mask and we'll see you next week. Have a good week. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine. For more information, both to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebpr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All About Wine. Yeah. There we go. Oh, for that.